This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Episode 153, how to get back on track with your budget quickly. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Mm. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And welcome to a budgeting episode on the Frugal Friends Podcast. (laughs) You didn't expect it. No, of course. (laughs) Here it is. Another budgeting episode. Yes. Today, specifically, we're talking about how to get back on track quickly. We're not going over how to budget. It's all about what do we do when life throws us something or, you know, we mess up because we're not perfect people. Mm. Like, what do you, where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things to identify, how to get back on track. We're going we're gonna to dive into it. But first, our sponsors. Mm. The Frugal Friends Workbook Flash Sale, FFWB for short, <laughs> is a digital workbook with six week-long challenges that turn improving your finances into a game. You'll get 60 pages of teaching and implementation guidance on topics ranging from decluttering and increasing your income to having healthy conversations about money. And while it can be completed on your own, it is created to be gone through in pairs or small groups. So that's why every purchase comes with two downloads. You heard that right. Buy one, get one. Today is the last day to take advantage of this deal. So head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash workbook to get the workbook for 40% off. Mm. It's already priced real good. So that's real good. No code needed. That's frugalfriendspodcast.com slash workbook. Awesome. And this episode's also brought to you by All and Nothing. Do you mess up or experience unexpected life events? First, congratulations, you are a human living in the real world. Second, All and Nothing want you to know that you don't have to choose between them. There is a third option, and it's called doing the best you can. Remember the next time you experience events that are suboptimal, that you don't have to be all or nothing. You can do the best you can. Ooh, what a nice little pep talk as a sponsor. 
Things yes. all and nothing. All coming together. You don't usually see them coming together. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> so really beautiful when you can get two instances that don't typically agree to come together for something. So, it's beautiful. <laughs> so true. Well done landing that sponsor, Jen. Mm, thank you. I'm really proud. All right. So we have got two articles from the interwebs that we have searched and we have found acceptable to relay back to you. And we are going to talk through them because they both have really great information on getting back on track uh, with money and your budget. So this first one um, is from our good friend, Allison Baggerly over at inspiredbudget.com. I promise you we did not just pick this one because she is our friend and that she was the co-host for the show when I was on maternity leave. <laughs> but it, she really does have the first article on Google on this topic. And she gives some really great strategic recommendations. What did you think, Jill? Oh, it's great. And I, I won't lie, I am partial. She was my co-host when you left me to have a baby. <laughs> so yeah, I think she's great. I think she gives great tips. I think that she really did well to succinctly explain why this might happen for us when we fall off track with our budget and then some real tangible ways to get back on track. And we want to go through all five of the things that she listed out. So the first one as you can imagine, we have to face the problem. We have to identify what the problem is, what got us off track. Again, the first step sometimes can be the hardest. It can be tough to look at things, especially if we are at fault in the situation, but it's only going to help us in the future if we can know what was it. And so she gives a couple of examples, which I think are really helpful. Was it that you wanted to keep up with your friends with either what they own or what they're doing? Was it an unexpected expense that kind of threw off your budget? Or were you unprepared that month and didn't actually write out a budget and then ended up spending more than what you earned? Did you cave to an impulse spend? So kind of thinking through, and so those are kind of a good start to consider what was it for me? And then that will help, well, certainly connected to future steps, but also in the future to know, oh, this is, this is a problem area for me. This is something I need to keep a pulse on. This is typically when I overspend. That self-knowledge and self-understanding will help immensely, even beyond maintaining your budget and not finding yourself falling off the wagon constantly. Mm -hmm. I think another important tip to add to this is to separate yourself from the problem. Because a lot of times we can encounter these problems and uh, we, we think that they are attached to our identity. Like something unexpected popped up because I did something or I'm just not capable of overcoming my mistake, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so you have to first identify the problem and then do the really hard mental work of separating yourself from it. Uh, it is an isolated instance and maybe sometimes, yeah, in the case of impulse spending, it can be a habitual instance, but still is something that you can overcome when you learn the right habit change steps and start to put in the work. It is not a reflection of 
who you are mm. as a person. Nice, Jen. Yeah. So the second is to evaluate the situation. So this means you'll need to start tracking your expenses, be honest with where you stand, with your finances, the bigger picture. And Allison says to get started, print your previous month's bank statement and evaluate your spending and money habits. Uh, You'll need to grab a calculator and total up how much you spent on everything, specifically purchases that were unnecessary. And I would take, I would also not just unnecessary purchases, but purchases that were unplanned and impulsive as well. So I love this, uh, you know, if you're already doing a budget, this will be, you know, pretty easy, but most of the people who find themselves in this situation are not doing a budget. So to take a full inventory of what am I making? What am I spending? It seems so basic, but so few people actually do it. I led a coaching program earlier this year and I, I just assumed everyone would come in. It was, it was to pay off debt faster. So I assumed everybody coming in would know how much debt they had. But there were some people that did not. They just knew they had debt. And so we really needed to get back to X and take a step I didn't realize we'd have to, to, okay, what did I spend over the last three months? What did I make over the last three months? What is my actual debt number? Stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. How deep does the rabbit trail go? We can know that there's a problem. We can identify the problem. But unless we know the real brevity of it, we're not going to get too far either. Mm -hmm. Great first two steps. Once you've done that, the third that Allison lists out on here is to make a budget. (laughs) You knew it was coming. Inspiredbudget.com. Yeah. That's just part of finances that we've mm-hmm. got to we've got to be able to allocate money. And I know we throw that word around a lot, but simply put, it's where is your money going to go, and not spending more than what you make, and putting that on paper, your plan for how you're not going to spend more than what you make, and even how you might get at some of those financial goals that you might have, whether it's saving or paying down debt, you name it. So again, as Jen said at the top of the episode, we're not going to tell you how to do that. There's plenty of episodes on that and resources on that. Certainly, Allison's got some great free resources on her website. So make a budget. That's going to be the next step to help you get back on track quickly. Mm -hmm. And then fourth, you know I love this one, is to give yourself grace. No one is perfect. No matter how often you write a budget, Something unexpected can and usually does pop up. And that's why we have that miscellaneous category in the budget. It's not just an extra place where you throw money you don't know where to put. It is an intentional place in the budget because things come up every month. And if you've got, uh, you know, if you own your own home, if you have multiple kids, stuff like that, then you may need to have a bigger miscellaneous fund. And it may feel like, oh, I'm pinching pennies and this just keeps me from reaching my goal faster. But don't believe that, that mindset. A miscellaneous fund helps your budget stay in equilibrium. Because when you have a budget that fluctuates month to month, it's very hard to keep track of long term. So you want your budget to say, as 
same month to month as possible. And having that miscellaneous fun means you don't have to do so much moving around in other categories to make this budget that's like dollar for dollar, penny for penny on the mark with every category. It gives you room um, to breathe. I think this is such a good tip and probably related to my biggest area of difficulty that how I define falling off the bandwagon with my budget. I think sometimes I will feel as though I ruined my budget, even though I have the money to spend on something, or it might feel as though, oh, I could do without that thing. I think especially for those of us who aren't, who are more savers than spenders, I think it's also really good to identify what does it mean for me to actually ruin my budget or yeah, to not be on track anymore. And to be able to, like you said, Jen, have that grace, have that miscellaneous fund, just because you are buying something that you might perceive to be frivolous, doesn't always equate to you've ruined everything. So having room for that to happen, if there is room in what you earn for that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So the last one on here, number five, is once you've done all of these steps prior, now set new goals. Now that you've written a budget and and you've done all of these things, the next thing, and maybe even your long-term goals haven't shifted that much, but identifying a few short-term money goals. And this should be related to certainly number one and number two of these steps of what was the initial problem or issue or pattern that needs to be interrupted. And are there some new ways that I can actively work? to interrupt that pattern or to make sure that this doesn't happen again. So if you identify, yes, it was FOMO that caused that impulse spend that I didn't want to do, then maybe you're, you set goals around that of I'm not going to go out every single time my friends want to go to the bar. Or if it is an impulse spend at a store. I'm not, maybe it's a no spend month that you want to do. There can be some short-term goals to help put some action behind what you're identifying you, you want in your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I've always known goals are super important, but I just recently got re-reminded in my own life because we don't have any pressing short-term goals right now. But sometimes that makes me feel guilty because I'm like, we were doing so much with so little when we were paying off debt. Mm. And now I feel like we have more money and and we're saving, but like, what are we doing? I feel kind of pointless Mm. um, because I have retirement goals, but those are very far off. And I realized for me, I need more short-term goals that are not just arbitrary. I want to have X in my retirement fund. Like I need tangible goals. So we're kind of starting to maybe play around with what we have originally planned for retirement and investing and kind of change it up just so that we can be more effective in our mindset and what we do day to day. Mm. So it may not be 
what people are saying you should do, but if we if it makes us more effective budgeters and spenders and earners, then it's better for us. Mm-hmm. It was identifying like I can't like an arbitrary amount of money is not a good enough goal for me. I need something else. Mm. So you're saying you'll even set shorter term goals aimed at that long term goal. Like now you're kind of more gamifying how you're saving for retirement in more bite-sized pieces? Well, we're thinking about investing in real estate sooner Mm -hmm. than what was originally planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I mean, because the just having money in the bank isn't like a good goal for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it's just like a mental thing or an immaturity thing like that. It doesn't motivate me. (laughs) Um, But I think doing something with the money uh, is going to be more more motivating for me. So this is something I want we want to do both of us. It's not something like we feel like we have to do or is an arbitrary part of the plan. This is kind of like personalized for us. Sure. Yeah. And I think you're hitting on something that is also connected to impulse spending. If we don't have some solid goals in place, ideas of where we want our money to go, then we are more apt to flippantly spend it on whatever. Mm -hmm. But if we've got something that we're really excited about, that can be a strong motivator to not purchase that random thing at the store that we saw that looked cool. Uh, So yeah, I think what you're saying helps with that. Yeah. And this also comes down to um, like you don't, it doesn't have to just be real estate. It can just be like knowing what you value and having goals based around your values. Those can be really great short-term goals. Like for me, my some of my values, like one of them is achievement and finishing things. And so that's why having a long way off goal, it's not healthy for any, it's you know not the healthiest for anybody but especially for me who feels like I need to be taking the next tangible step, achieving something, finishing something very frequently. Um, I'm also an Enneagram 3, so that kind of like goes with that value. I need to have shorter term tangible goals. So I re- highly recommend you find what your core values are and make some new goals around those. Those can be really helpful for short-term goals. So like maybe you want to be very generous, but you see that your budget and your spending has not indicated that you value generosity, but in your heart you do. So maybe your goal is to increase your giving to wherever by one to 5% or give to a new place, something like that. Goals don't have to just be numbers in the bank. Mm -hmm. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. 
New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Now that I have kids, I'm hyper aware of the information I put online. But unfortunately, there's only so much I can do. Our personal information is everywhere on the internet, and I don't have time to monitor and take it off every website. That's why I personally use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that finds and removes any personal information from hundreds of data broker websites and make sure it stays off. Delete Me isn't just a one-time service. It's always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you don't want on the internet. I signed up, completed a questionnaire, and they took it from there, submitting opt-out requests to data broker sites and keeping my personal info private. To take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. Now, at a special discount for our listeners, today get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com frugal and use promo code FRUGAL at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL and enter code FRUGAL at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash FRUGAL, code FRUGAL. Yeah. All right. So that is our first one. So thank you, Allison, for that hmm. beautiful masterpiece. Uh, the next is from Living Well, Spending Less. And it's another list of five like simple ways to get back on track. But instead of strategy, these are more like concrete action tips. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into it. Uh, the first one is to freeze your spending. I am particularly keen on this one because she says freeze your spending, and I would call it a no-spend challenge. And I know everybody in our Facebook group and listeners love no-spend challenges. So if you have gotten into spend mode or something big has happened and you need money fast, a really great tangible way to do that is to just take a spending sprees, sprees, freeze. It's a... (laughs) (laughs) Not a spending spree. Unspending spree. Um, and, and just take 30 days away from discretionary spending. So people ask all the time, when I do a, a no-spend challenge, like, what do I do about my bills? What do I do about gas? <laughs> and I'm like, you're not impulse spending gas. Um, mm-hmm. So you look at the things that you're more prone to impulse spend, habit spend, mindless spend, emotional spend, all of those categories, and you stop spending on those things. Um, Food is kind of like the biggest issue because we still have to buy food. So it's like you can't avoid the grocery store, but you can avoid things that are not on your list, not in your meal plan, and not within the confines of the budget. So, But some people choose to do a pantry challenge on a no-spend challenge where they just eat out of their pantry. I have never kept enough food on hand to do that, um, (laughs) but it is definitely... A thing you can do. So freezing. You're not ready for the apocalypse, Jen. I am not. No, I have. We don't have a lot of storage in our kitchen already. Like we don't Mm -hmm. have a pantry. We have three cabinets. Yeah. Four. Well, the fourth one is just all like small appliances. So we have. Actually, we just have a cabinet and a half for food. That's all. Yeah, a cabinet and a half, and then whatever's in our fridge. So, Mm -hmm. and we're fine with that. That's yeah, good for you make us it work. Now. Yeah. Just won't come to your house when the world falls apart. Yeah, no. Uh, we have to figure out whose house we're going to go to for that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Let's do that in the after show. Okay. Uh, the second one on this is to save on food. And I really appreciate that this is on here. It doesn't state this, but I'm imagining because this is one of the biggest areas of overspending is on food and groceries. And it is the one that we have degrees of control over. Certainly, we spend a lot on rent or mortgage and utilities, but those are not as easily fluctuating. So food is usually the area of greatest difficulty and the area where we have the most potential to rein it in. Now, I will say with this, the author of this article is really harping on coupons. If you're a couponer, hats off to you. That is not the route that I take or necessarily what I would recommend spending a ton of time on. I don't see the savings being worth it for the amount of time that it takes to do this and the lack of flexibility of where you can shop when you've got coupons at different stores. Anyhow, it's a whole other conversation (laughs) that we do have on various episodes. But the ultimate foundation of this concept is to save on food. And we've got plenty of episodes on how to do that, again, because it is our number one area of overspending. So check out some episodes on that. Certainly, like Jen said, consider a pantry challenge if you do have more than one and a half cupboards for your food. (laughs) Find ways to cut your spending. One of the tips is to shop the perimeter of the grocery store, meaning you're not going up and down all of the aisles of snacks and goodies. You're just getting the essentials of meat and produce. There's lots of different things that you can do to do to save on food, groceries. Of course, don't go out to eat. Do a, do a month of no restaurants, whatever it takes. Really consider this area if you want to get back on track with your budget quickly. Yes. Uh, the third one is one that I don't agree. It's the only one that I think is dated, but I have an alternative solution. So she says donate items for a tax write-off. I will say donate items, clean out your house, get your house all minimalized and simplified, donate these things to your buy nothing group because If you are spending time decluttering your house, you are not spending time spending money. Like it is a great time filler. And when your house is less cluttered, you actually feel less of a need to buy things. Uh, So when your house, when you feel like, okay, my living room decor is finished, like I have completed decorating this room, when you see a candle or a eucalyptus wreath or something like online, you don't feel as much motivation to buy it because you don't feel like, oh, I just need one more thing to finish this decor. So that's just one example that when you declutter and you simplify, it can help you spend less money. And take and, and putting things on your buy nothing group takes way more time than donating it to the thrift store. Um, so it's not right for every situation, but it takes time and that's going to keep you from going to TJ Maxx and that's my goal. So that is my amendment to number three. Mm, I like it. Number four is return or sell items you don't need. I like the direction that this one's going because it's not just saying, how do we rein in our budget, which we talked about with Allison's article, but also how can you potentially bring in some money or put money back into your pockets 
as you're trying to get back on track with your budget. I really like this idea of returning items. I realize that it's not always possible, but sometimes we do have things lying around that still have tags on them or that we thought we were going to use that we didn't that can be returned, even if we don't have a receipt Mm -hmm. for them. So really consider that. I know for myself, I have a constant return pile in the trunk of my car. And I make sure to keep my receipts specifically when I go shopping and I get things that might be outside the perimeter of quote unquote needs, might be a little bit more of luxury items. But if I decide when I get back home, you know what, actually that doesn't work. I've made sure I didn't immediately throw out my receipt. And then I just put it right back into the back of my trunk with the receipt taped to it, done, we're ready to get money back. And of course, if that's not possible, consider selling your items, whether that's on Facebook Marketplace or some other platform uh, or even local yard sale groups. Certainly it's a great idea, especially as you link that with Jen's tip of just decluttering, minimizing. That can really jumpstart you and getting back on track if you can get money back. Yeah. It's like when you have a fresh start physically, it translates to a fresh start mentally. So if you're mid-month and you fall off, then create some kind of physical fresh start, even if it's small, and you will feel a renewed motivation mentally to jump back on your budget. Um, it's funny how how that happens, but it's absolutely true. Mm. The last one on this list is to tell your money where to go. So another one saying you got to make a budget. So and and she she says. If your budget seems to be spiraling out of control, then it's time to crack down and find out exactly where your money is going. Uh, So I think sometimes we can mentally think life or budgets or things are spiraling out more than they may be in reality. So it's always good that if you get this emotional feeling like things are out of control, then you do something tangible to feel in control. Um, And that's revisiting your budget. It can be changing something up or tracking, retracking things and putting like numbers on the, on the paper to show yourself, okay, it's messed up, but it's not out of control Mm. so that you can put things back into perspective. That's super important. Yes. Well said. You know what else is well said? Mm, And super important. Mm. The The Bill of the the Week. That's right. It's time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills. Buffalo Bills, Bill Clinton, this is the Bill of the Week. So before we play this bill, we want to say sorry to everyone. We are very behind, and we're about six months behind with playing bills. So for the next few weeks, months, I don't know, we are going to double up. And if it doesn't go well the first week, maybe we won't, but We're going to double up for a little bit so we can make sure we play every single bill before you stop listening to the podcast. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so funny because we had issues. We had to beg people for Bills of the Week, and now we're really backed up. But we don't, we want your voices to be heard. Yes. And so here is Bill number one. Hey, Frugal Friends. This is Ali from Sydney, Australia. My bill of the week is that once a week I pay for my mother-in-law to come and clean my apartment. She is a stay-at-home mum with her younger kids and so giving her that extra cash feels really good and she is an amazing cleaner. She could get done in two hours what takes me a whole day. So that is my bill of the week. Thank you guys so much. I love the show. That's awesome. I would love to do that. Pay my mom. Clean my house. (laughs) Allie, there's so many things I like about this. Bill, certainly the way that you say it and, <laughs> the, <laughs> and what it is. Oh, man. I love that you have found in your frugal journey just opportunity to pay for a service like this and what that frees up for yourself mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. and physically. I'm so thrilled to hear that you have permission in your frugality to provide work to somebody and receive just a really convenient service. And not just somebody, uh, your mom. That's great. Yeah, thanks for that one. All right, here is our second Bill of the Week. Hi, Jen and Jill. So I just had to pause the pod because I was listening to an episode. The episode with Lisa Rowland. I heard you about the unclaimed website thing, so I paused the pod and went on it for Florida, and I had a $41 claim for when I worked at Firehouse Hubs in high school. So only $41, but pretty freaking cool because it didn't know existed. So thanks for all your great advice and the episodes and have a good one. That's awesome. I love, we've been getting so, we've gotten so many bills uh, since we had Lisa on, um, that was our money hacks episode of people finding money. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, I love getting these, these uh, messages. All of these states are probably like, what is happening? Why is there this influx of people finding their money? Yeah. They're like, we need this money right now. (laughs) Nope. Making sure more people get their money. Um, Thank you guys so much for leaving your fantastic bills. If you have a cleaning bill that you love paying or you found a bill that you weren't expecting but really helps you a lot, then please head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill and leave us your bill. And we're going to try to get to it closer to when you record it now. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Thank you. How do I get my partner on board with our finances? It's a top question we get from listeners, and we've realized it's a game changer when there are tools that allow you to work together better, like Monarch. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple design makes it so easy to set up and manage your household finances. Plus, they have built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. After trying out Monarch myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. 
That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices, things can get complicated fast. Vanta automates compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more, saving you time and money. With Vanta, you can streamline security reviews by automating questionnaires and demonstrating your security posture with a customer-facing trust center. Over 7,000 global companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to build trust and prove security in real time. Listeners can claim a special offer of $1,000 off Vanta at vanta.com special. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash special for $1,000 off Vanta. Now it's time for the lightning round. Ah, well, we all have stories. And Mm. while we could probably share budgeting stories all day, we wanted to specifically tell some stories about getting back on the wagon with budgeting. Mm, Nestle in. Yes. Get comfy, cozy. It's story time. Yes. Um, And Jill, I'd love for you to go first because you're a much better budgeter than I am. So you can have a better (laughs) story. And yet this is still vulnerable for me, but it's good. It's necessary for people to know that we've not arrived. We're not perfect. Yes, I do. I budget. I budget every two weeks related to the money that we make every two weeks. And still so much can happen in two weeks. So there's there's a lot of stories I could tell. I'm gonna, I'm going to choose this one. First of all, every time that I do our budget every 2 weeks, Eric definitely gets a little nervous because usually, well, it can go one of two ways. Either I'm really excited or I am nearly beside myself. And I will say <laughs> that since moving into a, a home that we have purchased in Florida, so thrilled for that by the way. But it, it needs a lot of renovations. And we have also had a lot of visitors. And my kitchen is a dumpster fire. And so cooking in it is not living my best life now. And so you name it, for all of these reasons, we have spent in some weeks more than what we've made. And I realized that during these budgeting sessions that I have by myself. And so at one point, this would have been, I don't know, a couple of months ago, this happened and I just got so serious and I walk into Eric while he's playing the drums, just living his own best life. Meanwhile, I'm like, we're spending more than we make. We cannot keep up with this. And it was really good to get him on board. I think once I was actually able to show him the numbers, because I think sometimes he thinks I'm dramatic and I'm just like, we don't have enough. We're not. And he's like, no, we make enough money. We've not spent that much. You're fine. But if I'm actually able to show him, here's the actual numbers of what we spent. Here's the actual numbers of what we've made. We both need to be on board to remedy and rectify the situation. And so once I was able to very realistically present this to him, he was, okay, yes, we need to do something about this. And I will say it began with reining in our grocery budget. It was a, okay, we need to eat at home for 
definitely the next five months. (laughs) So that was the biggest way that we did get back on track. And I think just realizing that and saying, okay, we now are at that stopping point where we can't be collecting things. What we have, we need to be content with and be more mindful going forward with what renovations we're doing next and certainly what food we're eating. Mm, So good. I think mine is a similar story in Looking at the numbers um, is really motivating for me, like I said earlier. And in full transparency, Travis and I are not great budgeters. We budgeted very strictly for a number of years in order to pay off debt and start our investing. But as we started making more, we started saving more. And and somewhere along the way, we, we stopped being as strict with budgeting. We'll do it occasionally. But when we don't do it, in the months that we don't do it, I can feel myself getting anxious about money, even though I know we're spending less than we make because we've spent years training ourselves to do that. This isn't just something we started doing. But there's still this emotional component of anxiety of not knowing. And so, and it is not until I look at the numbers to see what we're doing and to see that we're doing okay, but we could be doing better. And I think that's where the shorter term goal that I talked about earlier, that maybe two years out instead of goals that are you know, five, 10 years out has been really important. And I, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why FIRE is so popular, like financial independence retire early because people are trying to take this goal that's maybe decades out and push it forward, you know, to five to 10 years. But that's not our goal. So I need something in between there. And so we are definitely going to be looking at our numbers more often and um, trying to optimize what we're making. I think we're both, Travis is uh, starting a job where he's going to be making more money and I'm kind of at a, a slow season with my business. So it's kind of weird to flip-flop back from like, I used to be the one, you know, bringing all the money in and now I'm not and that's like, I can't spend the way that I was. So it's interesting. Yeah, budgeting is, I mean, that's why I don't have a budgeting blog. I have a love-hate relationship with it, but when people are like, how am I going to get my money together? I'm like, you have to budget. Like, there's no mm-hmm. other way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until you build up some of those habits, like you said. Mm-hmm. It didn't just happen overnight, and now you can kind of keep a pulse on it without needing to do it every week. Yeah, and and there is a a way to do, like, really quick and easy budgeting by like keeping things the same every month. But that's also something you have to work up to. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a buffer in your bank account in order to do that. So, Mm -hmm. but for, at first you have to do just bare bones, zero base budgeting. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this episode. We hope that there's been some helpful tips for you all in how to get back on track once you feel like you fell off the bandwagon with your money. It is possible. Please don't allow that one mistake or a few mistakes to make you feel as though it's it's a lost cause at this point. It's not. Mm-mm. It's never a lost cause. 
let us be your cheerleaders and champions in that process. And certainly uh, hang out with us over at the Frugal Friends community group on Facebook. Tell us your falling off the bandwagon stories, but also how you got back on. And we also want to thank everyone just for listening in general and for your kind reviews on iTunes and Stitcher like this one. It comes from Jennifer Lawrence. I'm Mm. so impressed. Jennifer Lawrence listens. Thanks, Jennifer Lawrence, (laughs) for giving us five stars and calling this a fun new listen. Thanks, ladies. Your podcast has been a fun surprise find. Keep it up. I, too, am a Y-nabber, so I loved how you highlighted them in your Living on an Extremely Low Income episode. Wow, Jennifer Lawrence, who knew that you were keeping such tight reins on your budget? Love your work. Love your work. Uh, We also want to thank our friends who share these episodes on social media. So when you share the latest episode and tag us on Facebook or Instagram, we are adding you to our monthly drawing. So for every five tags and reviews we get each month, we're giving away a copy of the Frugal Friends workbook. So if you have not won it yet, it's still on flash sale. Today's the last day. But if you have missed it, then just leave us a review and uh, yeah, we'll put you in that drawing. Yeah. So keep leaving those reviews on iTunes or Stitcher and send us a screenshot to frugalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. That'll get you into the drawing. And don't forget to tag us on social. We'll see it and we'll see you next week. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Okay. Who's house for <laughs> the apocalypse? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just tell you straight up. Parent, Travis's parents' farm. Oh, yeah. That's smart. If we can yeah. make it up there. It is an hour. Um, if it's in a pinch... I might go to Joseph and Jess's house um, because I feel like Joseph will spare no expense in uh, (laughs) – and and they both, um, like, professionally shoot guns. You know, they're good at it. Oh. Yeah. Wow. You're thinking, okay, you're going there with it. I'm thinking apocalypse. What are you thinking? I mean, apocalypse can just mean that the world is ending. It doesn't mean that we have to kill people. You don't I mean you don't think people are going to get mean in I'm the not apocalypse? Shoot somebody. Neither am I, but I'll go to Jesse I'm not Joseph. honest to goodness. I'm not a survivalist. I just want to be where is there good food as I ride this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to survive it. Okay. I do not need to be the last one in standing. In that case my in-laws um is a great place because <laughs> I believe they even own a cannon. Um, <laughs> you're all about the weapons. <laughs> I just want to know where is their food? Where is their wine? <laughs> I'm going to find myself there. Come and, and get me. That's fine. They live next door to a bunch of dogs, like some kind of dog breeding, like <laughs> under the table thing. So people might be scared to even come close to the property. I'm all about isolation. Um, and how can I stay safe? Um, <laughs> I'm all about good food and wine. <laughs> yeah, and my mother-in-law is a fantastic cook. Um, and my father-in-law is a fantastic winemaker. 
See, so. that's where I want to find myself. You can hold yourself up with the guns and the cannons and the dogs. <laughs> That'll be a fun life to come out of that hole. All the things when no that one I else is here, but you've got your guns and cannons. All the things that I dislike, I'm going to hole up in the in the apocalypse with. It's very telling. Um, <laughs> Of my true nature, I guess. That's disappointing. You are an achiever, so... I want to just do the apocalypse the best. (laughs) (laughs) We just have different definitions. I'm an Enneagram 3, too, but we just have different definitions of, like, what is doing the best. best. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. (laughs) Well, glad we somewhat figured that out. We We definitely learned more about each other today. Yeah. And everybody listening learned more about both of us (laughs) for better or for worse. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.